God's grace, his mercy, his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If we had enough time today, which we don't, and if we had enough blocks today, which we don't, I would challenge you all to see who could build the biggest tower. Now, I think there's some unfair advantage because we have some engineers in our congregation, but I anticipate that the tallest tower, the strongest tower, the one who could go up the highest is the one who has the best foundation to build on. If you simply string up blocks one by one, eventually they're going to collapse because they don't have the right foundation. And so I anticipate those people who know what a good foundation is to build the tallest tower. I realize this because you simply watch kids and how they build. Those kids who understand to have flat blocks for a foundation have the tallest towers. If you took the foundational block out of a tower and told a kid to put anything they want in there, they'd probably put something that doesn't fit, and eventually it ends up making the whole tower shift and move, and eventually it falls because the piece is not meant to be there. The piece is not perfect. It's kind of like Jenga. When you play Jenga, slowly pieces are taken away from the foundation, making it sway more, And eventually it will fall down and collapse because it does not have the support, the base that it needs. Foundation is important. Honestly, our lives, it seems like we're always trying to find pieces for foundational aspects of our lives. It's, It's like a big Jenga game with all the aspects of our lives, from our family, from our career, to our our finances, even to our health. It's almost as if we're trying to find a piece that goes in the bottom, that fits, that makes everything stable and makes everything work. But I have news for you today. That piece was lost. You see, Adam and Eve, beginning of creation, had that piece. Everything that Adam and Eve had in creation was perfect, it was stable, it was secure. As we see Adam and Eve loving each other perfectly in the Garden of Eden, we see God giving them work, work that they actually enjoyed doing, that was extremely beneficial for them and for God and for the Garden. We see how they had everything that they needed whenever they needed it. There was food right there for them in the Garden. Everything was stable because the foundation was right. But then Adam and Eve did something that ruined it all. When they went to the tree that God commanded them not to eat of and took the fruit that God commanded them not to take, they took that foundation and tossed it aside. They disobeyed God They didn't listen to his commands not to eat that tree. Instead, God said, everything in this garden is yours except that tree, and you not eating of that tree, that shows you love me and you care for me. And yet they took that piece, and he discarded it. Because there, Satan promised them that you'd have knowledge more than you have now. You'll know good and evil. You'll be like God. And they want to be more like God than to trust God and the foundation he's laid down for them And so after that point, rather than walking with God in the cool of the garden, God cast them out. And they lost their foundation. Everything that they would do, everything that we do now, would be on shaky grounds. 
Because we all try to find the pieces for our foundations, for our family, to make it stable. And we look around the world and we can't find the perfect piece, so we change one out for the other. It's almost like musical chairs. We're trying to find one thing that fits, that actually makes it right. And yet, it seems as if we get one thing stable, the next part of our life begins to fall apart. So if your foundation for your family is strong discipline, maybe you wonder, as your kids grow up, why they're disobeying me more and more. You quickly switch out the foundation for being loving and caring and understanding. Maybe your foundational blocks kind of switch around where you want to give your kids what they need and so you work so hard but you, you realize that you're neglecting your kids and so you stop working and you, you show your love to your kids and all of a sudden your finances are out of whack and you wonder, how can't I get anything stable? It's because the foundational block is gone. There's a piece that fits in to all of our lives that's missing. It's disappeared. And oftentimes, the more we search, the more we look for solutions, the more we find ourselves questioning, is there any solution? Is there any way that I can make my life stable and secure? Today, we continue looking back to Easter. On Easter, we said Easter changes everything. We understand Easter changes everything because now people who were dead in sin and doomed for hell, for damnation, now has eternal life and forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus our Savior. But so often we forget, so often we compartmentalize all our lives into these little boxes thinking that that's only for when we die. We compartmentalize our family, our finances, our health, and then it's like religion is on the other side, and Jesus' death and his resurrection only fits into that compartment. But today we see from Paul, sorry, from Peter and John, that foundation is not compartmentalized into one group. That foundation of Christ and what he has done affects absolutely everything in our lives. It does. Because we see our lives and how sinful we are and how shaky our lives can be at times, that we're almost a moment away from everything collapsing down. And then Peter and John, men who were timid or just brash, we see them stand up today before the Sanhedrin. See, we're, we're still talking about the man who was crippled and who they healed. And the Sadducees and the priests saw them heal this man, and they saw that they were preaching about Jesus, and then they came to them, and they took him into to prison, and they, they stood him before a council and said, how can you preach this way? By what authority do you heal this man? And this is what Peter and John say. In Acts chapter 4, starting at verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all people of Israel is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. 
He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. It's so easy for us to think Jesus only affects us in death. He's given us salvation. He's given us heaven. And so that's why we come here and worship so that when we die, we have the security of forgiveness of sins, the security of righteousness, the security of God loving us. But here, Peter and John's words show so much more. This was after Jesus died. This is after the resurrection. And here Peter and John stand before the people and they show that Jesus' power goes beyond just saving us and forgiving our sins. Instead, they stand there next to a man who is crippled. And while these people question, by whose authority do you heal? Peter and John say, it's by Christ's authority that this man walks. by Christ's authority that this man is healed. You begin to look at all of Jesus' miracles and you see he's much, his concern is much broader than just our soul. He cares for us physically too as well. He restores relationships as there was a, a young man a widow whose son had died, and he restores him to life and, and gives that, that man back to his mother, restoring life in that relationship. We see Jesus healing throughout his, his ministry, causing people to from, come from blindness to be able to see again, giving them sight again. We see how God has Jesus has restored relationships specifically with us, between us and God, that we stand before God and he loves us and sees us as his own. In essence, we see what Christ has done and we see a faint picture of what he will ultimately do for us in heaven. It's almost as if he's that foundational piece in all our lives. In our family. So often we build our family off of our own backs, our own knowledge. And you see how Christ, through the apostles, gives us very specific family instructions when he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And children, honor and respect your parents. Parents, do, do not exasperate your children. He gives us very specific instructions. When it comes to how we treat our neighbors, he does the same thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. Care for each other. Even giving yourself up and and, and the things that you have for people who need it more than you. And we see Paul going to other churches and and bringing offerings from people who say, "I, I have given all that I can and possibly even more than I can to go support my fellow Christians and believers in Christ. You begin to see Jesus' foundational blocks in our lives. It's not just relating to church. It's relating to our family, to our neighbors, to our finances, to our health. We begin to see as Christ is the foundation, it changes everything. It's only a faint picture of what God will ultimately give us in heaven when he wipes away all sin and all wickedness. 
but it is yet still a picture. When husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church, isn't that good for the wife and good for the husband? And the same love back for the, the husband, if that happens, isn't that good and doesn't that build you up in your relationship? When children love their parents and obey them, is that not good? When you go to your neighbor and you take the words and actions in the kindest possible way, is that not good for you and your neighbor? Is it not good for them as you look out for their needs and give them encouragement? Is that not good? Is it not good to look at our money as a gift from God and how we can use it according to his will? Is it not beneficial for us? And all of a sudden you see the foundation of every aspect of our lives is not something we discover. It's what Christ gives. That's why Peter and Paul said this, the stone you builders rejected just become the capstone. Those Sadducees and the priests took Christ out of everything. See, they didn't even believe Christ was their salvation. They put Christ aside and all they had was this shaky foundation of their own works and their own righteousness, which was no righteousness at all. They, they put him aside and didn't think that Christ could bring healing to the man who was there, the cripple. And so that's why they questioned Peter and John. And yet Peter and John in their statement says, this is what Christ does. He does bring healing. He does bring salvation. It's, it's full salvation. Think of heaven. What is heaven but full salvation? That everything that we are and we have done and everything that we do is now redeemed by Christ. Wickedness is gone. Sin is gone. And essentially, Christ gives us again what Adam and Eve first had. A perfect relationship with God. That we could walk in the cool of the day in the garden with him. Perfect relationship with each other. That we actually do love each other fully at all times. And they love us back. He says to us, our, our, even our bodies, the, the ones that are falling apart here, I give you glorified bodies. No weeping, no pain. Your family, you are a part of my family. Easter changes everything. Christ is the, the part of everything. He's the cornerstone. The, the one the people that rejected now has come to hold everything together and build everything up because there's nothing we can do on our side by ourselves to make our family greater than what Christ has made it, to, to make our love for each other greater than what Christ has given us. But we must remember it's only a shadow of Christ's ultimate redeeming quality. It's only a shadow of what is to come. Our lives will never be stable in the sense that we don't have to worry about anything here. Because families fall apart. Even though we have Christ as our cornerstone, there is sin there. And yet we know we always have a family in God. 
our money and our finances fall apart. And yet, with Christ as our cornerstone, we know that he promises to take care of us no matter what. Our, our health may, may dwindle, and yet, as we sit in the hospital room, or as we see people who have passed away, we know that there is life, eternal life, and Savior. With Christ as our cornerstone, it changes everything. All of a sudden, we have peace. All of a sudden, we have confidence that Christ is in charge of our lives. Because Christ changed everything. We're kind of like children trying to fit pieces into our lives to make it more stable. But here Christ comes to us through Peter and John. This is what Peter says. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which men must be saved. He says, stop looking. Don't look for another solution. You, you have it. And that's so our tendency is to, to always exchange solutions for the next best thing, a whiff of something better. We change out one block for another, but Peter says, there is no other way of salvation but Christ. He is your foundation for absolutely everything. For your family, for your friends and neighbors, for your life. We thank God that Easter changes everything. Because Christ is the one thing that is needed. Needed for our salvation. Needed for our life here. That we could stand before God at that final day when he returns, understanding truly what family, what our loving our neighbor, what life really is in Christ Jesus. May God bless us as we continue to grow in understanding the foundation that Christ is. That we show the same love he has shown us to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. We continue by confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed printed for you on the bottom of page 5 in your bulletin. We confess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. There he will come to judge the living and the dead. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen.